Yar! Avast me, space mateys! The following podcast contains space spoilers for Treasure Planet. You have been space warned! <laughs> been spaceborne and also hello it is i glenjamin button along with your matey and co captain miguel magusto <laughs> how you doing Glenn? oh dear god it, how did they talk like that back then <laughs> in uh, space I'm too ass- nonetheless <laughs> i'm assuming they had no choice and it probably had a lot to do with smoking and drinking mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And then also the scurvy maybe too. some scurvy, uh, possibly regional dialects and all that. Mm-hmm. So, and diarrhea. Uh, definitely diarrhea. Yeah. Diarrhea is half the battle. <laughs> diarrhea aside, what movies have you watched in the past week? Mike, it's it's been a crazy week for me in movies. I've watched so many movies. Uh, three to be exact. One with you. Yeah. One you lent to me, and the last one you were given to by the wheel of random. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we watched together Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. There's a review up on uh, the YouTubes for that. I don't want to yes. talk about it. So that's as far as <laughs> I'll go. Uh, people, are, people are really enjoying it. I'm, I'm not surprised. And then there's yeah, good for them. people who aren't. Uh, and then I got to see the movie... Uh, that you lent me called After Yang with Colin Farrell, Jody Turner-Smith, and many more. Uh, I had expectations for this movie that I thought it was going to be fucking amazing. Not that it wasn't good. I just let myself down in a way. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of had a similar was, experience. Uh, it was it was a lot more grounded. It was a lot more... Uh, it... <sighs> Without sounding rude, emotionless. Yeah. Um, but like human at the same time. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a good film. Um, definitely a good like sit down and watch if you've you've got the time for it and just chilling on your day off like I did. Yeah. And it was a delight to see Colin Farrell have a mustache. God, he can rock yeah. that thing. Uh, without giving too much away, I think it would have been benefited if it padded the beginning a little bit more mm-hmm. like it kind of just jumps into the whole plot yeah, right but, into it and then expects you to be you know uh, essentially w- w- this this is this is the plot so it's not giving too much away mm-hmm. it's about this family that has a, ro- a robot that looks very human uh the robot feels like one of the family uh uh kind of like bicentennial man but not weird um, yeah. <laughs> and uh so the 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 robot starts that's actually a really good description <laughs> yeah the robot starts dying uh and the entire movie's about grief and all that but mm-hmm. we're not given enough in the beginning to really feel attached to this robot so beyond feeling oh i heard your your grandfather died it's kind of that feeling throughout the whole movie for the audience at least yeah in my opinion it's like oh man that's a shame but i feel like if they added stuff in the beginning it could have been a real real good gut punch but it, yeah it, you're not it w- wasn't you're not shown the the amount of care that was in between the family you're just shown it yeah. um 
just like in memories and stuff. So it's not like, uh, oh, well, okay. Yeah. I get it. I, I enjoy. But at the same time, I wish I could have experienced it versus just watching it happen through what yeah. was. Um, yeah. I mean, overall, it was still a good film. Yeah, it's still one of the best, most unique sci-fi movies out there right now, from, mm-hmm. from last year at least. Um, yeah. But I feel like it could have been a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I watched Treasure Planet, which we shall there talk about in just a minute. But Mike, dear Lord, what did you watch? I watched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and started the 12th, but I'll get to that next week. Um, the first one I watched... Uh, on the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die, Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta. Ooh. Well, you can tell by the way I use my Yeah, it's that movie. Uh, it's about disco and this guy that likes disco and he's kind of a piece of shit, but he, mm-hmm. he's really good at dancing he's at disco. He's got a good butt chin, though. Yeah. Uh, it didn't age well, mm-hmm. um, but it, it had more depth than I thought it would. Okay. Uh, like... It's an apologist for how terrible the characters are when it shouldn't be, uh, which is why it hasn't aged well. But it's more than just, you know, like your typical dance movie where it's like, this guy likes dancing. Let's watch him dance. There's actually character (laughs) depth to it. Uh, It's just, I, I, you know, I wish the 70s weren't such a godless time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cocaine. I'm kidding, of course. Cocaine, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, a little bit of rape, you know. Yeah, just a just a really sad amount. Yes, one amount is sad amount. Yeah, uh, when it comes to that. <laughs> so let's just be clear about that. Yeah. Here at KFR, we believe rape is bad and um, not good, and not good. Definitely not good. Anyway. Uh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Off the rails. Uh, then, What's the next movie, Mike? The, so the next two movies I watched. So uh, a few uh, weeks ago, I watched The Swedish Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. I finally finished the trilogy with the girl who played with fire and the uh, girl who kicked the hornet's nest. Um, really, really well-rounded trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of wish we got maybe not these exact movies, especially since the first one is the exact same as the first Swedish film. Yeah. But I kind of wish we got a well-rounded girl uh, with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy in the U.S. Yeah, I um, loved that movie. So did I. Uh, and the first one, have you seen the Swedish version? I have not yet. I've seen yeah. the most recent one, but I haven't seen the first two. Okay. Um, so, wait, so you've seen Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest, or you've seen yes. the one with Claire Foy? The the Hornet's Nest one. Okay, uh, from 2009. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and, uh... Oh, wait, didn't the, they just release one in theaters, like, really recently? Yeah, the girl, uh, in the spider web or something like that. That's the one with Claire Foy. Oh. Uh, that was the, uh, a, another U.S. one, or at least English language one. Um, but this trilogy is really well-rounded. These, these last two really, uh, kick it off well, or end it well, rather. Uh, the first Swedish one is pretty much, or rather, the U.S. version is pretty much like the first Swedish one, almost completely. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, it would have been cool uh, if they were able to continue it, but, you know, mm-hmm. we know how that ended. Then yeah. I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We have a review for that online. Glad other people are enjoying it, but you can see our thoughts on the <laughs> YouTubes. It's there. It's there. There's thoughts. 
and we put them on video. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then I watched a movie uh, directed by uh, Robin Wright and starring Robin Wright uh, called Land, uh, and Demian Bashir is also in it. It's essentially this grieving woman who moves to uh, Wyoming to escape her grief and kind of lives off the land, and she meets this guy that helps her live off the land. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... Surprisingly and happily, it is not a romance film. No, I thought it, judging wow. by the trailer, I thought it was going to be, uh, and it wasn't. And I really appreciated that. So yeah, uh, but the movie overall is okay. I, I, I th- was kind of hoping for more, um, mm-hmm. but there you go. Then I watched Treasure Planet. We'll get into that in a minute. Then for the Oscar Best Pictures, Caitlin and I went to see Women Talking at Bryn Mawr Film Institute. Uh, finally got to see that monologue from Claire Foy. Oh, yeah. Uh, friend of the podcast, Claire Foy. Not really. We just <laughs> yeah. talked about her earlier. Uh, yeah, so for those of you who heard the episode after we first watched Women Talking, uh, I usually am pretty good at picking when my bathroom break should be, but then I missed the best monologue ever. Why am I slurring my speech like I'm drunk? The best know. monologue ever from Claire Foy and Women Talking, and then I finally got to see it. So fucking yeah. good. Glenn really did not sell it as much as I thought he would have. Uh, I, I, I turned to you and said, you just missed a pretty good fucking performance. Yeah, but it was better than I thought it and was going to be. And then I shoved some raisinets in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's that. Uh, then I watched, uh, you know, c- continuing through my Ingmar Bergman collection, I watched uh, the American theatrical release of Scenes from a Marriage. For those of you who might remember, I watched the miniseries, the Swedish miniseries Scenes from a Marriage from 1973. Uh, mm-hmm. It was released in theaters in 1974 in the United States. I watched that version. Uh, it's the same version, but shorter. Mm-hmm. Like It's pretty much exactly the same, uh, but shorter, obviously. There's certain parts cut out. Um, so I don't know why it was included in this collection as a separate entity and also put right after. Because it's a Criterion Collection collection. <laughs> Got it. So it's it the way they do collections is they give you like a suggested viewing order. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do that in the order that they suggest. Only they have this mini series followed immediately by the uh, U.S. theatrical version, which is still fucking long, just not mm. five hours long. Holy so hell! I really don't know why they put it back to back, but I'm glad it's out of the way finally. Yeah, uh, there we go. Uh, then for the Oscar Best Pictures, Caitlin and I watched The Fablemans. Uh, rewatch for me, first time for her. Uh, she feels the same way I do, where it's okay and would have been better if it just focused uh, focused on the movie stuff and not so much the family stuff. Um, I think she's yeah. starting to beat me on catching up to the Oscar stuff. <laughs> she she really is. Uh, then on the Ingmar Bergman collection that I have, I watched Sarah Band, which is a sequel to Scenes from a Marriage, uh, made f- was that thirty years later, mm-hmm. uh, seventy three and two thousand three. Yeah, it's like one of Ingmar Bergman's last movies he made. Uh, I enjoy this more than Scenes from a Marriage. It's kind of like an old divorced couple meets up when one of them is kind of decrepit. Uh, and it is He's way more just interesting. like me. Yeah, it's way more interesting than scenes from a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually really enjoyed it. Then with my boy, my baby mm. child, wow. uh, I finished the trilogy of Cars Three. I uh, watched Cars <laughs> Three with him. You uh, madman, madman. So surprisingly, and I was not expecting this at all. Cars mm-hmm. Three is my favorite out of the trilogy. It, that's uh, I heard two is just genuinely not liked, and then the first 
one and two or one and three are just the golden goose. Yeah. Well, the problem with two is that it focuses on Toe Mater more than it does Lightning McQueen, yeah. which is fine, but don't make it a sequel to Light- Lightning yeah. McQueen's movie. Um, the thing I like about Cars 2 is just like a James Bond movie, but with Cars. Yeah. Uh, but it also doesn't do that well enough to enjoy. Cars 3 uh, is just kind of more of the same with like a washed up race car. But, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. love it, but I enjoyed it way more, more than one or two. Yeah. Uh, and which is weird because on Letterboxd, it has the lowest rating out of all of them. So I was expecting to absolutely hate it. But I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, but that's all I watched. So. Let's get into Treasure Planet. fiction rendering of the classic novel Treasure Island, Jim Hawkins is a rebellious teen seen by the world as an aimless slacker. After he receives a map from a dying pirate, he embarks on an odyssey across the universe to find the legendary Treasure Planet. Directed Mm. by Ron Clements and John Musker, uh, it's based on the novel by Robert Louis Stevenson, written by Ron Clements and John Musker, uh, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Emma Thompson, Martin Short, Roscoe Lee Brown... Uh, who else we got in there? We got Tony Jay's in there, Brian mm-hmm. Murray's in there, David Hyde Pierce, Michael Wincott, and uh, good old Squidward himself, Roger Bumpass. <laughs> uh, I was happy to see his lovely face on the IMDb page. And if you really listen, you can tell that his character is him. Uh, there's just a hint, just a hint of Squidward in there. Um, the early yeah. comings. So this, of course, was on my giant list of movies that are numbered and then Glenn picks a number. You know, mm-hmm. it's on my list. I didn't pick it, but I also picked it. Uh, and uh, the main reason I put it on that list, and I believe you have more to discuss about that, I is do. that it is infamously a flop, but also considered one of Disney's better films from the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that in itself was interesting enough. I didn't know, however, that uh, Disney kind of sabotaged this movie. Big like, time. Like, purposefully. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing is that they purposefully released it the same weekend as Harry Potter, uh, essentially to kill 2D animation for good. Oh, Jesus. These uh, bastards. Uh, granted, I'm, I'm just reading based on trivia. I don't know how true that is. I'm mm-hmm. not surprised if they were trying to move away from 2D animation because, you know, they can lay off a bunch of people that way. And they Disney, if we know anything about Disney, they love laying people off. They do. Um, 
And uh, so, you know, that's that kind of made me sad while watching this. Is you know, two D animation, I feel like is underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with animates, uh, a lot of animates animates two D animation, but it's not quite the same as this style. Yeah. Um. And uh. But yeah, overall. If you like Treasure Island, I feel like you're going to like this movie. It has a lot of fun things going on about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, In space. Big time. It's all there in space. In space. Interstellar, even. Yes. Um, But, yeah. this. uh, So this this is like a big old combo pack uh, duo with Atlantis and just like the the underdogs, the little uncut gems, if you will, of, of the underrated movies from Disney. Yeah, um, and somehow I've gone so long without fully watching this movie. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen very small bits as as a, as a wee little boy, small child man. Um, I've definitely seen Atlantis, and, but never got around to ever actually watching this. I so much so Atlantis, that for so. some reason, for so long, I thought Matt Damon was the main character for this, and I can't explain to you <clears> why. <throat> and so don't ask. That's <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> but yeah, this movie, like you were saying earlier, this movie was absolutely sabotaged from you know pretty much get-go it had been in like production hell for as long as possible Mm -hmm. dating all the way back to the black cauldron which damn when did that come out in 1985 80 something yeah yeah and uh so they they the two directors uh john musker and ron clements worked on black cauldron and then it basically flopped really hard. Like, it was, like, the animation movie that kind of killed Disney there. And then um, the, the, the CEO basically put them on The Great Mouse Detective, which kind of got them back on track a little bit. It mm-hmm. gave them a little warm welcome back into the animation, like, uh, people loving them. And then, like, they kept, they kept pitching this idea of, you know, Treasure Planet. It's Treasure Island, but, you know, fucking in space and shit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like I literally, think for, the exact way I, I watched a recording. They both said it at the same time. They even jinxed and got a soda. I think. Oh, um, yeah, crazy. But they kept pitching uh, ever since like Black Cauldron. They kept pitching this 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 Treasure Island or Treasure Planet movie, um, and the CEO just kept knocking them down and just putting them on a different project. So like the next one would be The Little Mermaid after The Great Mouse Detective, which, as everybody knows, was a huge fucking movie. <laughs> Yeah, and then so they were like, "All right, we did Little Mermaid. Can can we can we do something else? Like you know, Treasure Planet?" <laughs> and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea. If we don't do it, and we'll put you on Aladdin next." And they're like, oh, "Fuck, okay." Um, so they did Aladdin, and they're like, "Hey, remember that movie we were talking about? Shit!" And then they did like a little layup, and they're like, "Ah, maybe he's got it." CEO fucking swaps it away from the basket and says, "No, you're moving on to Hercules next." And after they did, uh, or when they were doing Hercules, they're like, "We're gonna do Hercules, but if we do Hercules, we have to do Treasure Planet. Like, the, we're not like that's just it." So they eventually came to that little conclusion. So after over a 10-year little fucking spitball for this this movie to be made, Mm -hmm. uh, they finally were able to make it, and then it just was not advertised in the slightest. Like, I didn't even know it was a movie that was going to be out. I mean, granted, I was a small child, but I didn't even know it was a movie until, like, I went to my cousin's house and it was on DVD. Like, they had it. I was like, or VHS. I was like, oh, what is that? And I never even watched it then. 
Like it was just just advertised to hell. These guys, these poor guys, never got a chance to actually do it. And then when they did, it flopped like hell in theaters. Yeah. And the, then it never even. It was supposedly supposed to get a sequel. I sent this to you. It was supposedly supposed to get a sequel with Willem Dafoe being like the the main bad guy. Which here at KFR, we do love our Willem Dafoe. Oh, we love him. Sometimes he's our Willem to friend, but this would have been great for him in yeah. in this in this. And it just it flopped and then they were just like, "No, nah, we're moving on. Fuck you guys for even doing that even though it was our fault it flopped so hard." And here we are. Yeah. Down down the road in in 2023. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 20 years after the movie's come out. Yeah, uh, I could be wrong. I believe Michael Eisner was the CEO of uh Disney during pretty much that entire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Eisner, granted, I'm not a huge Disney head, but my understanding is that he was hated by Disney fans altogether. Yeah. Uh, and kind of while at the helm at like the nine, uh, the 90s resurgence of Disney, also made a lot of decisions that made people hate him. Yeah. Um, again, I'm just going off a of memory of, of his reputation in my head. I don't know how true that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, Treasure Planet is one of those great classic movies and, uh, all of the pitch really needs to be, if James Cameron can walk into a studio for the pitch of aliens and write alien on the board and then look at the people <laughs> and then put an S, Treasure Island in space should be enough. Mm-hmm. Cause that is it, what James Cameron did for the aliens pitch, it, it by the should way. Be it should be super easy. It but should be just super like, easy. <clears throat> yeah. Well, who are you? You're trying to get all these classic things redone. This Hamlet made into Lion King and all that shit. I know they didn't work on Lion King, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, of course, they've worked on classics altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like this did not get the attention it deserved from Disney. And it's very clear that that is the case. Um, but overall, uh, I think it is a pretty good, you know, adaptation of treasure island it's uh my my i i read a a, um an abridged version of treasure island when i was a kid Mm -hmm. and then of course i watched muppet treasures island which is the end all be all of treasure island movies (laughs) uh and from what i know this is actually even though it's in space is pretty accurate to what the the source material is uh you know assuming that they just interchange whirlpools mm-hmm. for black holes and shit like that yeah um but yeah i i enjoyed it for the most part i think it, it kind of the hype around its betrayal in disney and everything kind of got me hyped up a little bit too much mm-hmm. uh, but i did enjoy it for the most part yeah i mean for the most part it's it's a good film and if it yeah. if it would have been advertised like off off riff and just you know got a fair footing <laughs> it probably would be a classic yeah but you know it, it after all the under the underdog hype about it, now it's like, oh well, I thought it was gonna be a little bit better, but it's still really fucking good regardless. Like mm-hmm. the animation's like really good. Yeah. Honestly, it's like a combination of two D and three D animation too. Yeah. Uh like the characters are all two D and then some of the, the environment they're interacting with is three D. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's it's kind of a shame that um you know, we didn't get more movies like this with a combination of two D and three D. It kind of just uh, went st- directly from strictly 2D animation to strictly 3D animation. It would have been nice to have a little grace period there. Yeah. Also, uh, kind of backtracking just a little bit, it really shows how much they, they kind of still don't care 
not don't care about this movie, but immediately after watching this, they threw Strange World advertisement in my face. Like, <laughs> like I wanted to see that over re-watching Treasure Planet over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, it was like, oh, you, you just watched Treasure Planet, right? <laughs> we got a movie for you. Yeah. I already watched and, that. Uh, Get that th- out of my fucking face. And that movie's significantly worse than this. Yeah, yep. Um, but it, I kind of forgot that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, his, he does not sound like himself at all in this. Granted, he's younger. I think he's like 20 or something. Yeah, he was 20 this. in this. Uh, so, but he, he... Sounds like, like a baby. If, yeah, if I didn't know better and you told me it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I, I would think you were lying. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of people also are hating on Martin Short as Ben. Uh, I, I get it, but there's a character in there that definitely did not need to fucking be in there, and it wasn't Ben. <laughs> it was... Well, it was the farting tooting monster. Or oh yeah, that did not yeah. need to be in that movie. But Ben, I could see him being annoying. But uh, from what I know, there is a character in Treasure Island, the the original movie, that was literally Ben, just a robot in this one. Yeah, I believe if I'm not mistaken, in Muppet Treasure Island is played by Gonzo. Mm. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, but. Yeah, you know, I thought I was reading letterbox reviews trying to find like a really good one and uh the I, only thing, the only p- big problem, he was loud, but our only problem is that he's introduced almost at the end of the movie. Yeah. Other than him being loud, he's perfectly fine for the most part. Yeah. And I don't understand the uh the little the little aggression towards the Kids guy. Kids these days just don't appreciate Martin Short and all of his genius. Uh, they it's like they haven't even seen Clifford the movie where he's a grown man and plays a a, a, <laughs> a child. Yeah, what the hell? The most underrated fucking movie in the world is Clifford, and I will fight. No, that's not true. It's Cable Guy, followed by Clifford, <laughs> and then I will fight anyone that disagrees and and thinks Clifford's an actual bad movie. Mm-hmm. I believe Ross too. Yeah, I believe uh, Roger Ebert thinks it's a bad movie i will dig up his bones and fight his bones (laughs) if i have to clifford is fucking hilarious Uh, anyway um but you know this this had a lot of emotional beats i wasn't really expecting uh i feel like it's probably the best from what i've seen the best uh showing of why john silver kind of befriends Jim Hawkins and kind of turns his back on his crew in order to help Jim Hawkins mm-hmm. uh, in the rest. Maybe it's just because it's Tim Curry, especially in Muppet Treasure Island, uh, that uh, you don't, you never really trust John Silver, even when he is being really nice to, to J- Jim Hawkins. And yeah. in this, you feel like he, when he is being bad uh, and doing bad things, he's only doing it because it's expected of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he doesn't really want to do it. And I think Brian Murray did a great job uh, with his vocal performance to get to get that through, mm-hmm. uh, and of course the animation along with that, um, and uh, the the um, shit was it? Oh yeah, and then Mister Arrow when when uh, uh, the the first mate of of Captain Amelia dies. That was a really surprisingly powerful moment too. That was super fucked up, man. Yeah, I wasn't Scroop, ready for all that. Screw played by Michael Wincott killed a Mister Arrow. Mm-hmm. No wonder the alien and no him. <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> the deep cut. In there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. Um, 
no, but I, it, 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 it's just something I wasn't really expecting. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, and, and the Muppets one, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's in my nature. I'm going to compare it to Muppets yeah. Treasure Island. In the Muppets one, they go for jokes over emotion. So it was just kind of nice to see the emotional mm-hmm. beats. Emotional beats, yeah. Given, given respect in this. No, it, it was it was great. Um, just the the little the little bonded or not bondage. Holy shit! The bond that they <laughs> the, <laughs> the bond that they grew together. Uh, just as just as old crewmates and just kind of he, he didn't have that fatherly figure, so he was looking up to good old John Silver as that that guy who's teaching him his ways that a father was not there for. Um, so it was cool to see that. Um, the, one thing I didn't care for was the little the little montage with the what sounded like goo goo dolls or some oh, shit. Oh, it was one hundred percent goo goo dolls. Was it actually? Yeah. Holy shit! Um, that took me out of it just a little bit. Uh, don't main <laughs> Disney movies are usually like the character singing it, so it just took yeah. me out when goo goo dolls. And I was, I, I, was, don't and want I don't want the world to see me. And yeah. I don't think that they'd understand. Where is my fucking dad? <laughs> Anything like that. But uh, that took me out of it for a second. But overall, like, just the, the relationship building there. Yeah. I wish the mom was a little bit more in, in the beginning, like another five minutes or so. Just because mm-hmm. she kind of came and went very fast, and then she popped yeah. back up. Um, but no, everything everything was great. There was great side characters. Uh, there was absolute betrayal. Uh, I can see why people are fucking pissed at Disney for just letting this flop because it, it was good. It deserved yeah. better. Like, and, and they could deserved a sequel with Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, they they could have easily, maybe not easily, but they could have trained two D animators to become three D animators. Like, it's not like they had to let them go. But I know that costs money and time, and and Disney hates spending money and yeah, time. Yeah, the House of Mouse um, doesn't care. <laughs> No, no, it does not. Uh, but, you know, other than the Goo Goo Dolls, this movie would be timeless. Like, uh, you know, 2D animation aside, uh, being based off of a classic novel aside, uh, mm-hmm. Goo Goo Dolls is really the only thing that makes this a time capsule. The, the end credit um, song was fine. It was just yeah. the montage part well, in the middle. And I don't even hate the Goo Goo Dolls. It's just no. like, what is it doing in a movie about space? That's what yeah. I want to know. Uh, <laughs> they so were just it, hot at the time. It was the 2000s. Yeah, it, it just it was really just it just kind of put a halt on everything. Mm-hmm. Um but I do love that one Goo Goo Dolls song. Not the one that's in this movie, but the, the one we were just singing. Yeah, Iris. Yeah. Uh I don't I don't give a heck what people say about that it's, song. It's, it's good fucking film. It's, or it's film. A song. God yeah. damn. Uh but other than other than the Goo Goo Dolls, like if it and and you know, obviously 2D animation because it is old, but it's not what makes it feel old. Uh, it is relatively timeless, you know. Mm-hmm. There's Especially also a little theme that uh, I'm sure a million other reviewers have talked about. Um, that, that he's he's this very like dark character in the beginning, Jim Hawkins, like mm-hmm. clothes aesthetic wise, everything, and then like he'll slowly grow to like lighter tones. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in the middle of the movie, it was all tans, and like yeah. then then at the end, it was like almost all whites. It was pretty. It's pretty cool to see. He lost the ponytail. I was a little bit sad about that. The little rat tail. I was like, man, this man's looking like a little Padawan, a little Jedi man. And yeah, it's gone. Guy one became of, a full fledged master. One of the letterbox reviews I saw was just, "Should I get a rat tail?" <laughs> uh, answer is no. <laughs> yeah, no. No one should get a rat tail. Uh, no. Also, no one should get mullets. But yeah. you know, I just saw a wicked one yesterday. Actually, 
some a? people can pull off mullets, but if you're listening yeah. to this thinking, should I get a mullet? It's not you. It's the not. People who can pull off mullets already have mullets, and not even all the people who have mullets can pull off mullets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Y- you got to be very good looking to pull that shit off. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, another letterbox review I saw was straight uh, straight to jail for the people who decided to make a sexy cat captain. <laughs> um, uh, lock me up. Yeah, lock <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I, I really, you know, enjoy this for the most part. I still think Muppets Treasure Island has a, a leg up on it. Um, mm-hmm. but this pleasantly surprised me and, uh, there's yeah. one thing I want to say that now this, this is a little hot take that I feel like every animated movie that was around this time has a character that will always sound like Kevin Klein. And I can't yeah, get this it out of David my head. Yeah, David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, David it's, Hyde Pierce was this one. It's usually always a different character. Like, it's always either Kenneth Branagh as well. But, you know, those those two were, like, in a bunch of other movies together. So, like, I can't yeah. knock that one. But it always a character in these movies where it sounds like Kevin Klein, and it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then I get sad. But then I'm like, oh, that other guy's getting weird. I, I, as soon as David Hyde Pierce started talking, he plays Dr. Doppler, for mm-hmm. those of you don't know. I was like, is that Kevin Klein? And then I looked it up. It was not Kevin Klein. It was so not I, indeed. You and are I'm, not crazy. You're 100% I'm curious correct. at a certain point if people are like, you know what Kenneth Klein sounds like, right? They're like, yeah, please do it or you don't get paid. That's why I'm curious mm-hmm. if that's how that goes down. He's like, all right. Well, I mean, David Hyde Pierce just sounds like that. He um, he plays, I want to say he plays the praying mantis in Bugs Life. Yeah. Plays Slim. The, uh, no, sorry. That's the stick bug. He plays the stick bug in a Bugs Life. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, you're right. And then he, he also is the voice of the aquatic creature who Doug Jones plays in Hellboy 1 and 2, the Guillermo del Toro one. Uh, But he didn't take credit for that because he thought Doug Jones did such a good job, he didn't want to take credit just for doing the voice. Yeah. Which, David Hyde Pierce, real OG. He should get credit for that, though. Real OG um, for for doing that, you know, recognizing the the people in makeup. Uh, But yeah, he he just kind of sounds like Kevin Klein. Him and Kevin Klein have very similar tones in their Mm -hmm. voice. uh, a little bit of an aside, there was a really awesome independent uh, horror movie I watched with David Hyde Pierce. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see if I can find it because um, I do want to recommend it to people. I, it, like, it's nothing mind mind blowing or anything, mm-hmm. but like, I watched it. Uh, it's called A Perfect Host, and uh, it's just like this kind of dark comedy thriller. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know, remember too much about it, but it takes place in the house. He's kind of like a rich dude. And just really good, really well done. So I, I suggest people check out The Perfect Host. Real uh, good. What they've had here. Yeah, apparently it's on HBO Max. Oh, there we go. Uh, nice. But yeah, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Treasure Planet, and I'm kind of done talking about Treasure Planet unless you have something else to say. Uh, I think for the most part, I hit all of the letters there. Yeah, um, all the letters, all the bullets, all the... Mm-hmm. All the bits of bones. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I could see why it's an under underrated movie i could see why people are so upset about it not being recognized more to this day mm-hmm. um it was overall if i saw good. it when it first came out i would have loved it a lot more yeah uh but you know i think being a 33 year old man when i first see it mm-hmm. took away some of the the mad magic of it some of the shock factor yeah exactly yeah, yeah. But that does it for our review for Treasure Planet. That brings us to our judgment. As always, it needs to be a unanimous decision whether or not it goes in the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, this was my pick, my assignment, my mm-hmm. little movie here. So I get to go first. Um, <clears throat> you know, 
if it weren't for the backstory of it and and you know the 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 amount that it was just stabbed in the back and pushed aside by Disney uh I would say no like like mm. it's a, it's a good movie it's a fine it's movie good movie if it if it's it's a weird one cuz like if it got its representation from the get go it probably wouldn't like you're right yeah but um i think it probably would have just fallen to the wayside to other uh, yeah, I other late '90s, early 2000s. I don't think this is better than Hercules or Hunchback of Notre Dame or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, those other forgotten ones. Um, but because it was pushed aside, I kind of want to put it on the shelf just to say fuck you to Disney. Uh, I understand uh, completely. I think it's good enough. I think it's a example of how uh, financial flops do not necessarily mean it's a bad movie, and um, how you can make 2D and 3D work together. Exactly, yeah. And that's kind of come back a little bit with like Mitchell's and the Machines, Mm -hmm. uh, where I don't know what the exact process is, but aesthetically it looks like 2D on 3D. Yeah. Um, But it's probably all 3D animation. But -hmm. because uh, Disney did that, and I think it's a great example, that money isn't everything when it comes to film, uh, I will say, yes, it does go on the shelf. Especially when you have unlimited money. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) To the point where in the 90s, they didn't need to advertise anything but Disney on, on Disney Channel. Yep. Like, they're paying themselves to advertise themselves, so that's just like a circle of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Money, money. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, for me as well, I, I believe it goes on the shelf. I think it was uh, super underrated and deserved more. But like I, I said a second ago, if it did get more recognition back then, it probably would have fell wayside compared to Aladdin and all those other ones. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because they are... I will say a little bit better, but it is so good at the same time. Um, so yeah, yes, yay for me as well. Yes. Yay. So Treasure Planet does go on the KFR shelf with, looks, with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden, and probably Muppet Treasure Island if we ever watch that. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen Muppet Treasure Island, do yourself a favor and do. I'm going to do myself a favor then. Yes, yes. Yay. So that brings us to our assignment for Glen, for Glen Week next week. Mm-hmm. That's the second time I did that. You're Glen having week. a fun right now. You're having. I am all having a fun. Uh, can you tell I'm a sleep-deprived father? Mm-hmm. Uh, it just keeps getting worse for some reason. Anyway. Damn it, baby boy. Glenn, it is your turn to pick a movie. What are we watching? I'm going to let you pick heads or tails. Oh. Tails. Heads. All right. We mm. are watching a movie that you did just recently watch, sadly, um, but I had never seen. So... Uh, we are going to watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, uh, yeah. If That's, you haven't seen it, I'm glad we're watching this. Cause, yeah, I had not seen yeah. it. Um, yeah. Obviously, I saw snippets, but it was never like the full movie. Um, and like I, 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 I house-sit your house sometimes, and I'm pretty sure you have it, and I still didn't watch Every it. Every single time that you house-sit my house, it is one of the movies you pull out of yep. the shelf. To, <laughs> it's like it's, you always leave, like kind of pull the, them out halfway. And, <laughs> the problem is... Uh, that it's it's Wes Anderson, so I yeah. have to be in the mood for him. And if I I'm, get that, I'm, I get if I'm that. not, I'm just I'm just not going to watch yeah. it. I used to feel that way until I watched Darjeeling Limited, and for some reason, after watching that, it just clicked in my head. And now I'm always in the mood for Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, not not that I think you have to do that. It's just yeah. I completely understand people who like who need to be in the mood to watch his stuff. I, so I think his films are fantastic, Mister yeah. Folks, um, but. 
it, they they are a different breed of movie. So, yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox made in 2009. It is PG. An urbane fox cannot resist returning to his farm raiding ways and then must help his community survive the farmer's retaliation. Yes. Directed by director Wes Anderson. Uh, written by Ronald Dawes from the book. And then Wes Roll Anderson. Ri- oh, shit. Doll. Oh, I, I thought there was an N in there. I'm such an oh. idiot. I'm sure you're not uh, the first person to do that. And then obviously written for screen by Wes Anderson and uh, Noah Baumbach. And then stars, stars George Clooney. Uh, now I'm having strokes. Here we go. <laughs> George. George Clooney. Merle Streep, Bill Murray, uh, Jason Schwartzman. He's like in all of his movies. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. He, yeah. he reuses a lot of his actors, which is mm-hmm. great for them. Um, we got Wallace Wolodarski. Uh, Eric Chase Anderson, Owen Wilson, Willem Dafoe, Jarvis uh, Cocker, <laughs> Wes Anderson himself as well. Uh, and that is, <laughs> that is going to be on yeah. HBO, Hulu, Roku, Amazon, all premium subscriptions. And yeah. then obviously everywhere else is renting. So good luck yeah. with that one. And so it begins. Welcome to the fantastic world of Mr. Fox. Woo! Should we dance? Ah, his life is fantastic. <laughs> Pure wild animal craziness. His wife is fantastic. If what I think is happening is happening, it better not be. His neighbors, not so fantastic. This is Bogus Bunts and Bean, three of the meanest, nastiest, ugliest farmers in his valley. What was that? They're digging us up. But they're about to discover... Oh, Foxy is help on the way. He's one fox. I've got an idea. You can't outfox. Mole, what do you got? I can see in the dark. We can use that. Rabbit, I'm fast. Badger, demolitions expert. What? Since when? Here, put these bandit hats on. I don't have a bandit hat, but I modified this tube sock. We look good. Yeah. So do you want to know how ridiculously detailed my memory is when it comes to times I watch movies. Mm-hmm. So I watched this movie for the first time, Thanksgiving Day 2009. Okay. Colin That's and ridiculous. I, Colin and I were driving to the theater, uh, the Downingtown Regal Theater, and it was the first time I almost hit a deer while driving. Oh, dear Lord. So I stopped right in front of the car, or right in front of the deer, rather, and mm-hmm. uh, the deer got spooked still even though i was stopped and jumped and its hind legs landed on the hood of my car and it got away fine and everything but like they are dumbasses yeah uh so yeah yeah, anytime i think of fantastic mr fox i think of that time i almost hit a deer Mm -hmm. i'm sure it's surviving out there and then the deer hit me yeah he's he's like fuck you guy but yeah like i have ridiculous memories about movies like that like i can if i like the movie i probably remember when and where what happened an hour before and after mm-hmm. so uh i'm weird anyway fantastic mr fox is our assignment for next week thank you everyone for listening as always you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com on instagram we're keystone underscore film underscore review facebook tiktok and youtube keystone film review and on letterboxd i am mike kfr and i'm glenn kfr and that will do it until next week when we get fantastic and uh, talk about mr fox Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh.